So this morning, I want us to go into 2 Corinthians chapter 3, and we're going to read the chapter, verses 1 through to 18, uh, the whole of the chapter. And uh, this speaks about, you know, this tells us about some of the, the benefits, if you like, of this new covenant that we are in uh, through Christ Jesus. And sometimes we forget these things. And so this morning, it's really just a simple uh, exercise, if you like, or a simple message to remind us of all that we have in and through Christ Jesus. And we've heard and we've sung about some of it already this morning. So um, whether you have an electronic version or a physical, uh, your physical Bible, then let's read together in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And it reads like this. Are we beginning to commend ourselves again, or do we need, as some do, letters of recommendation to you or from you? You yourselves are our letters of recommendation written on our hearts to be known and read by all. And you know that you are a letter from Christ delivered by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. Such is the confidence that we have through Christ toward God. Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God who has made us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit, for the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Now, if the ministry of death carved in letters on stone came with such glory that the Israelites could not gaze at Moses' face because of its glory, which was being brought to an end, will not the ministry of the Spirit have even more glory For if there was glory in the ministry of condemnation, the ministry of righteousness must far exceed it in glory. And we're reading that word glory a lot, and I may substitute it for beauty. Um, It's it's something that we, we don't, it's a word, glory is a word that we seldom use today. But if we want to think of it in terms of the beauty, indeed, in this case, what once had glory has come to have no glory at all because of the glory that surpasses it. For if what was being brought to an end came with glory, much more will be what is permanent have glory. Since we have such a hope, praise God, we are very bold, not like Moses who would put a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome of what was being brought to an end. But their minds are hardened, for to this day, when they read the Old Covenant, that same veil remains unlifted, because only through Christ is it taken away. Yes, to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. 
Hallelujah. What a great uh, text. And trust God to bless that word, uh, his word to us. You know, and as we come to the word this morning, again, you know, I want to, I'm emphasizing this because we, we don't just listen to the word, but what we do is we interact with the word. Again, in, you know, in Jewish culture, they talk about eating the word and digesting it. And that's what really I want us to do as we read, uh, as, we, as we look at the word this morning. In fact, um, in Hebrew, they don't have a word for um, hear. The word that they use for hear is obey. And the reason for that is very simple. It's that they do not... They do not interact with the word without an understanding that they think that they're going to, it's going to transform them. In other words, having interacted, read the word, they believe it's going to change them. And so they, they, don't, have this, they don't have a concept of just hearing and not doing anything. The idea is that as they hear... They will obey and it will transform them. And that's my prayer this morning that we, as we hear the word, that actually we allow it to transform us because that's what the, the word of God is. That's what the spirit is. He, the spirit brings that um, power of transformation. And as we read this portion of scripture, we read that, you know, the, the apostle Paul contrasts and highlights uh, the old with the new. He tells us that we are new creations in Christ Jesus, in 1 Corinthians, Paul writes to the Corinthian church, which was, it, which was possibly in danger of being watered down because it was on a major trade route. And so all these different ideas were coming into the Corinthian church. And so Paul, in his first letter, was writing to the Corinthian church just to put them straight on a few practical things, ideas about what, what worship looked like looks like what God looks like what you know ideas about our eating ideas about holiness ideas about righteousness and he writes to them to just set them straight in his first letter in this second letter he continues that theme but he introduces some new ideas and he spends some time uh, in this talking about the old self and the new self he spends time talking about the transforming power of the word of God about the transformative power of the Spirit and the gospel in the life of the believer. And through this passage, we are reminded, and we have that great uh, text, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we are reminded in this uh, second uh, letter to the Corinthian church that in Christ Jesus, there is freedom. There is a liberty in Christ Jesus, and that gives me goosebumps when I talk about that, because there is a freedom in Christ Jesus like the world will never know. And this morning, I literally want to just spend a few moments talking about five things that this text encourages us in, in, in telling us that we are now a people under a new covenant. The old is gone, the new has come, and we are now living under a new covenant that brings a liberty and a freedom, and it brings life in the power of Holy Spirit. And so the first thing in the first three verses of this uh, chapter, Paul tells us that we are living letters. Paul refers to the Corinthian uh, body as living letters. He goes on to say, we are letters known and read by all. And then he talks about letters that are no longer written 
on stone tablets like as the commandments were, the laws of Moses were, but he talks about commandments that are now written on the flesh, on the human heart. No longer external, but now internal. And Paul says we are letters, excuse me, written, known and read by all. I wonder what people see when they look at us. And here's a challenge for us because sometimes we forget that people are watching us all the time. The moment we declare that we are a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, people begin to watch us. They watch, they look at how we conduct ourselves. They look at what the things that we say. They look at how we, the things we do. They look at um, the way that we observe the world. And we, Paul says, are letters both written and read by all, or known and read by all. He tells us that um, we are now under a new covenant, that that which was external is now an internal thing. He tells us that the old covenant, the old covenant um, brought condemnation, but the new covenant of Christ Jesus, written on our hearts, brings life. Brings the life of the Spirit. He tells us that he moves us from darkness to light, and we heard about that last week. You see, this new covenant that we are now a part of tells us that in Christ Jesus, there is freedom. There is freedom. We are ambassadors of this life-transforming um, life that Christ, by his Spirit, has put within us. And sometimes we forget that. We forget that we are living letters, known and read by all. I wonder what people see when they look at us. Sometimes when people look at us, they might see that, that, you know, that sour face. It looks as though we've, you know, sucked on a, on a lemon or maybe we're, we're posing for a selfie because it's the same outcome, you know. Um, what do people see when they look at us? Do they see a, you know, some people have a resting, unhappy face. You know, they look, we look miserable. When the guard is down, we look miserable. And yet there is this hope that is within us that Paul speaks about. You see, Holy Spirit has written on us. The Holy, Holy Spirit has written in us and made us living letters. Listen, Christ Jesus has done so much for us, in us and with us. How can we not share what he has done, transformed our lives? You see, it's not just about our words, those that are spoken, but it's our transformed lives that people read. In other words, what is different? What changed when we came to Christ Jesus? Did our language change? Did our speaking? Did our thinking? Did our actions? What changed when we came to Christ Jesus? Because I want to say or suggest that if nothing has changed, then maybe, maybe you've not truly encountered the Lord Jesus Christ. 
You see, the Spirit at work in us allows us to demonstrate evidence, manifest, make real the tra- that transformative power of the Spirit. Holy Spirit allows us to evidence the things of the Spirit. Those things such as love and joy, peace in the midst of turmoil, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. How are we doing on those things? How are we doing on evidencing the fruit of the Spirit? Because we are living letters. And what do people see when they look at us? The second thing that Paul tells us in verses 4 to 6 is that there is a sufficiency through Christ in this new in this new covenant. He emphasizes the sufficiency of Christ for every single ministry. For everything that we do, he says that Christ is enough. We sing a song, Christ is enough for me. You see, our sufficiency does not come from ourselves, but our sufficiency comes from the enabling and the empowering of Holy Spirit. It's not a self-confidence, it's a God-confidence. You see, any competency, any competency that we have to serve in a right way is not generated from ourselves, but is, is because of the enabling and the power of Holy Spirit. Any service that we are able to offer is because of the grace of God at work in our lives, because it's Him through Holy Spirit that empowers us to fulfill and to live out or live our lives under this new covenant. You see, we don't need eloquence. We don't need worldly wisdom. But we simply need a reliance on God himself. A reliance on the God who works in us in order that his purposes might be accomplished through us. I've said this many times. I th- it, it's just awesome, I think, the fact that God doesn't need to work with us, but he chooses to. He doesn't need to evidence himself, but he does. And we, as people who are carriers of Holy Spirit, get to see firsthand we have a ringside seat about what God is doing right in front of our eyes. That never ceases to amaze amaze me you see when we step out in faith the spirit begins to work in us with us and through us enabling us to make to to live out the Jesus life enables us to know that our sufficiency everything that we need is in Christ Jesus and I know we joked this morning um, when uh, Becky said about, uh, you know, what you need to sort your life out is a good man. Uh, you know, and we would joke, we would, oh, oh. <laughs> a good man's even better. But uh, we'll go with, we'll go with, we'll go with woman. Uh, what you need to sort your life out is a good, is a good woman. But, you know, what we, but really, you know, uh, you know joking aside, What we need to sort our life out is Jesus. In him is everything. Everything that we need is found in Jesus. And we struggle sometimes, myself included, to know that 
everything I need is found in Jesus. Because sometimes I, you know, fall that, you know, fall down, go down that route of thinking, or oh, if only I have this, or if only I do this, or, or, or whatever. And you think you need to add something else or do something else instead of just understanding that our sufficiency, everything that we are, everything that we need is in Jesus. And Paul emphasizes that in verses four to six. The third thing that Paul writes and encourages the church about is he talks about this ministry of righteousness. And remember, none of us are righteous of ourselves, but we are righteous because we are enabled and we are marked by Holy Spirit as belonging to God. It's not our righteousness, but the righteousness of Christ Jesus. And we are not righteous for our sake, but we are righteous because of Christ because of Jesus. And Paul draws the parallel between the glory of the old covenant or what was, a, what was accomplished through the old co- covenant and he draws the parallel saying that with the old covenant it was temporary. He talks about the fact that Moses covered his face not to, not to um, disguise or hide glory. I remember uh, growing up, I heard many sermons where it talked about the fact that Moses covered his face because the glory, the beauty of God was so um, brilliant that he had to veil his face because people couldn't look at him. But Paul says in this letter, actually the reason Moses was covering his face, was veiling his face, was because the glory was fading. And Moses didn't want the people, and therein is, therein is a sermon all by itself, you know, where we sometimes, you know, things are changing in our lives, but we want people to believe that we are something else. And Moses' face was veiled because he didn't want the people to see the glory of God fading. See, the old covenant served simply as a tool of condemnation. The old covenants, all the old covenant did was reveal to us and make us so aware of the fact that actually we couldn't satisfy God's standards. We couldn't keep to the rules. We couldn't color in the lines, as it were. That's all it, all it did. One of the things that I found out um, in my life is that the law is very unforgiving, and maybe some of you brothers and sisters are, are the same. You'll know if you've got a, you know, a, a traffic violation for speeding or whatever. You'll know that there is no uh, grace in that. Either you keep the law or you don't. There is no grace in law. And, and so, but we are now people under a new covenant. Because under this new covenant, it sets us free from the law. And it brings us into a place of life, of a life of righteousness, living in and through Christ Jesus. It brings us to a place that makes us right with God. That's the righteousness of Christ. It makes us right with God and it gives us access to the abundant grace that is offered from him or, and by him. You see, in Christ... We are made righteous and the Spirit enables us to live lives holy and pleasing toward God. Holy Spirit is the one who conforms us to the image of Christ Jesus. And so 
through Holy Spirit, we are thoroughly equipped for a ministry of righteousness because he's the one who enables us. He's the one who transforms us. The fourth thing is this, is that Paul talks about in verse 10 to 11, is about the beauty, the glory of the Spirit. And Paul says that, yes, the old covenant was good, but let me show you something that is far better. Let me show you something that far supersedes the old ways. Let me show you something that actually brings a release and transforms us. In Hebrews 3, 3, it says this, for Jesus has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses. As much more glory as the builder of a house has more honor than the house itself. And so Paul reminds us that, yes, the old covenant was good. The old laws, the old ways, the old thinking was okay. It helped us for a time. But now, let me show you a far superior way. Let me show you and introduce you to a far better covenant in and through Christ Jesus. You see, Moses' face was veiled. Um, and, and so it speaks about the fact that um, the people still couldn't fully know God. There was a, a, a veiling, a, a sort of masking, as it were, as they looked at God. But now, it says, uh, Paul says, that veil which hindered our vision of who God is, because the law, the new covenant, is written not on stone but on hearts, Paul says that veil has now been removed. And we behold the glory, the splendor, the magnificence of our God, and we see him in all his beauty. And Paul says, because we are now people of the new covenant, because we see him with unveiled hearts, we are transformed, we are being changed from one degree of glory to another, from one degree of beauty to another. We are being made more like Christ daily, hourly, momentarily. Every moment of our waking lives, Holy Spirit is working to transform us and make us like Christ. Praise God that our eyes are now unveiled that our hearts are now unveiled and we, we, now long, we, we now have unhindered, unencumbered access to God the Father. Glory to God. I've said it before, we've shared communion this morning and you know, for those of you who are maybe watching online and you wonder why we cover and uncover the communion emblems, the communion emblems, the bread and the juice speaks about this new covenant, the blood of the new covenant that Christ Jesus has secured and the covering uncovering is the reminder that we were once a people who were veiled. Uh, had veiled hearts, we were unable to see God, but then through Christ Jesus, that which was veiled is unveiled and fully revealed. That's the reminder of the, of the communion meal, that we are now uh, free in Christ, unencumbered, and we see God as he truly is. Holy Spirit reveals Christ to us. Holy Spirit allows us to focus on Christ. None of us could have come, I've said this before, none of us came to the decision of following and trusting Christ except that Holy Spirit uh, brought revelation into our lives. And now, 
And now, because of Holy Spirit who lives, not external, but internal with us, who abides with us, resides with us, now we can have those moments where we are mindful of the presence of God. Knowing his presence with us. And in those moments, we can know times of refreshing, times of renewing, times of revival, because we are mindful of his presence, the one who dwells, the one who lives within us. And the last thing is this that Paul talks about is this freedom through Christ, verses 12 to 18. And again, Paul uses the analogy of the unveiled heart as a symbol of the freedom that we now have in and through Christ Jesus. He uses the unveiled heart as an analogy, as a picture of the fact that we are now transformed or being transformed by the power and enabling of Holy Spirit. We're no longer bound by the letter of the law. But we now, we're now a people who are, um, who are living the life of the Spirit. The veil that once separated us from God, that separated humanity from God, has been torn in two, has been rent in two. And now, we who had no chance at all of knowing a holy God, a righteous, all-consuming Father, we now have access to him. And more than that, through Christ Jesus, we now have the ability to stand because of the righteousness of Christ, clothed in the righteousness of Christ. We now have the ability to stand in the presence of a holy God without being consumed. And we need to get our heads around that in terms of the freedom, the access that Christ has purchased, secured for us. We no longer need to wear veils as Moses did because we have been set free. Holy Spirit is the one that gives us the liberty. He's the one that gives us freedom. He's the one that brings revelation in our life. He's the one that empowers us to walk in victory. You see, as we submit to Holy Spirit, we experience, we begin to live this transformative, transforming power of Christ. We begin to evidence it in our lives. 2 Corinthians 3.17, which we've already read. This is the Spirit of Jesus, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Are you living in the full freedom of Christ today? Because he's purchased, he's done so much for us um, through the cross. Let's rediscover again the beauty of the new covenant that Christ has secured for us. Let's not take it for granted what we, what we have, but let's constantly remind ourselves of those things that Christ has done for us. And let's get a fresh sense of excitement um, because we have freedom in Christ. Our lives, Paul says, are letters used to display to the world what Jesus, what God himself looks like. We are living letters used to display 
the love, the mercy, the grace of Christ Jesus. We are living letters used to evidence the transforming power of Holy Spirit by evidencing the transformed life. And so let's get hold, let's boldly approach God with unveiled eyes. Let's boldly approach him with unveiled hearts. Let's seek, like David, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. And having fixed our eyes on him, then let's live in the knowledge of the freedom and the liberty that has been purchased for us in and through Christ Jesus because we are no longer people of the old covenant, but we have been released to live as people of the new through the transforming work of Holy Spirit who, who is conforming us and making us like Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.